Free Talk Live. You are free to call in and talk live here on the airwaves. That's what we do on Free Talk Live. We open up the phones and let you call in. The number is 855-450-3733. It's 855-450-FREE. Got a story here uh, from, I believe it's CNBC, about something that's kind of happened to the Joe Biden campaign that I imagine they'd consider to be pretty unfortunate. So apparently, uh, according to CNBC here, a parody website with embarrassing photos of Joe Biden is outranking his official campaign page on Google. Uh, by the way, it's, it's Mark with you. And Greg? Greg from New York, longtime caller, swinging by the studio to uh, to sit in with us. Thank you so much. Yeah, I'd love to be with one of my favorite radio hosts. Yeah, and I think Johnson is going to be here very shortly, but uh, regardless, let's go on with this story. So from CNBC, there's Johnson. Users are reporting that the former vice president's official 2020 campaign page is now nowhere to be found on the first page of results for the search term Joe Biden. And I did this search. Before we went on the air, I just want to make sure I'm not telling any fibs. CNBC isn't leading me down a path. And in fact, Joe Biden did not show up on a regular Google search that I did. Uh, his, his official page did not. Uh, his official page did not come up on the first page of the search. It was, uh, you know, this page uh, that was was there. Also, something about Act Blue and uh, Wikipedia page and uh, his Facebook page, and then uh, JoeBiden.info, which is the page we're talking about here. His Twitter, um, some CNBC story that says how Joe Biden could win the battle but lose the war on Trump in 2020. So. This early on in the campaign season, basically what you're seeing is people peaking and dropping out. At least that's what happened to the Republicans in the last go round, right? Like you saw, you know, first it was the uh, Ben something or other. I can't even remember their names Carson. now. Ben Carson. Yeah, they were such a right. big deal yep. two years ago. I, I remember when Ben Carson was talking about uh, this video surfaced of him talking about how pyramids were built by aliens. <laughs> <laughs> that's when he peaked. That and he was talking about, I think, stabbing his friend in the belt buckle. Right. Oh, but yeah. He's angry. About angry. That. <laughs> so what's funny is I think the media outreach, the more um, kind of crazy you were, the more, the more controversy there was. Yeah. The more coverage you got. Right. Well, Joe's getting a, little, a lot of coverage right now because of... The more the perception that he likes groping women on uncle at, creepy fingers, right? It's just none of this has really stuck. The the words I do love the uh, the the Daily Show calls it the audacity of grope. <laughs> <laughs> Did they really? Yeah, it's it's glorious. I mean, and you'd think he would know how creepy he looks, yeah. grabbing and. Smelling the hair of people's wives. He's one of the first people who, you know, owned up to the fact that he's a Democrat and said, I'm not sorry for anything I've done. <laughs> right. He's done that. He he's, said, I'm not sorry. He has taken the advantage, the, the Democrat privilege of not having to apologize for the things that he's done. Well, why not? I think, think that yeah. every, they all should be apologizing for doing the stuff that they're doing wrong. Maybe but... he should apologize for the Rave Act. That's what I think. Oh, well. Maybe I, he I'm should just... apologize for the taxes I, that he's supporting. I hear a little bitterness in your voice. Yeah. Well, there's no doubt that uh, plenty of Democrats and Republicans have been behind some very crappy legislation Oh, out but there. did they write them? 
Ah, uh, uh, well, no. I thought that's how the politician gets up close and personal. He holds the baby. He fondles the baby. <laughs> right. Well, these, I don't think Joe understands the difference. So anyway, I want to read this article here from CNBC. Joe Biden's presidential campaign is already sunk at least on Google. Users are reporting that the former vice president's official 2020 campaign page is nowhere to be found on the first page of results for the search term Joe Biden. Right. Nobody knows who Joe Biden is. Well, they all know. But the the thing is, is he's sort of he, known his for- His campaign sunk because his Google results don't show up because Google decides the election if you're, you know, delusional. Yeah. Google doesn't decide the election. Certainly not. You know what's interesting about that is also, I remember how many people in the media- we're right. talking about, I think this was like three years ago, or maybe four years ago, yeah. we're talking about how Google's burying results. There's even a movie about how um, there's these activists, yep. uh, so- social engines or whatever. They really questioned whether you know Google's uh, promoting this candidate or trying to bury that one. And these right. are in- interesting questions because Google definitely uh, personalizes things for people. Sure. Uh, some person who goes to Google might get one search right. result. Oh, and- they do. Who knows? Maybe somebody was, gets Biden as number one on their search. You know. So in, in that, I think that there was comparative analysis of the defaults because you can do like a private browser tab. Or, right. Incognito is what know, it's called. Some, yeah. some other methods for finding out what the raw search results would be without personalization. And there was, I believe in some of those studies, a clear demonstration of bias regardless of personalization. But it's just a testament, like how much these platforms have, much power they have. Right. That you would even have. So the the old media, I should say, the uh, the older media with the TV, uh, they're kind of looking at this and saying, "Well, we're afraid that this other media is going to (laughs) (laughs) to influence now the electorate instead of us." You know, and so they're afraid of that. And there's even a movie I think that came out, I think, about Google and Facebook, where it was mostly conservatives uh, on the conservative side saying Facebook is sort of. you know, coming down on deplatforming them more than the liberal side or, you know, taking sides. Right. There's the claim, of course, the conservatives are being deplatformed more than than liberals. But in this case, I mean, you've got this huge array of uh, Democratic candidates that are out there, lots of them. And uh, Joe Biden appears to be the front runner right now. Now, remember, Jeb Bush was considered the front runner about this time. Please clap. Huh. Right? <laughs> please, please clap. Please, please grope. <laughs> but and I don't think Joe is going to be the front runner. And I because I basically he brings nothing to the table is is the reason that I just don't think he's going to be anything. He's just nothing special. It's kind of funny that Donald Trump has the same nickname for him as he had for Jeb Bush, which is like Sleepy Joe versus like. Jeb Bush was low energy? Yeah. Low Wait, energy. What is up with that? I don't know. I don't think he's so sleepy, actually. I don't understand that nickname. Who? Uh, Joe being low energy? Joe is being called Sleepy Joe by Donald Trump. It's probably because he wants to, because Sleepy rhymes with creepy. Uh, and he doesn't want to get go that far in yet. <laughs> uh-huh. So, Gro- I didn't get Joe. that. <laughs> Gropey, grind. <laughs> in a way, rhymes with Joe. Could go there, you know. But we're told up to this point that it's Joe Biden, Sanders, Warren, and Buttigieg are the ones that we're supposed to watch. I mean, that's that's it. There's your, there's your candidates, people. I mean, there's like 20 people in for the Democratic nomination, and hey, eh, come on, forget about, about those. What about Andrew Yang? I want uh, universal basic that, income. Pay I believe everybody. that's why Greg is here, <laughs> oh, is my to goodness. see Andrew Yang um, at his, uh, his, his speech. I mean, we're on a very libertarian show, and I think yeah. everybody listening can sort of agree that UBI is less government intrusive than means-tested welfare. 
which is what we have in many countries. In How is countries. it means tested? So go ahead and explain. What's the difference between means tested welfare being uh, more more invasive than say a UBI? Right. So I can't believe I just. I'm sorry. I'm just flabbergasted that I can't believe I just stepped in something here. No, no. Without realizing what was going on. Fantastic. This is what being a libertarian is all about, being aware of all of the candidates. That's right. That's right. Well, Yang has a better chance simply because he's young. Um, and uh, he's got like I see his Facebook stuff all the time. I don't know if it's because I'd once searched Andrew Yang uh, to f- figure out who he was. But Thanks, Google. Now I, now I get lots of that. <laughs> I think it was uh, actually somebody sent me a Yang video on uh, Facebook, so now I, I see lots of it. But why is it? Why is uh, regular welfare more invasive than UBI? So I'm just going to invoke uh, Milton Friedman, you know, who uh, represents a lot of consequentialist libertarians. But uh, he basically makes a lot of points. One point is with means-tested welfare, you have to make sure that the person's poor first before you give them money. Right. You make sure that they need the money, quote unquote. So the thing is that with UBI, you don't do that. Uh, Milton Friedman brings up these examples, but there are many more, that the government might spy on a lady and see if she's dating somebody who's finally able to pay for ah. her lifestyle, which they wouldn't do under UBI. Sure. You'll find example. that you know people get very upset about the notion of uh, some woman with kids living with a guy and doesn't marry him because, you know, well, should or something. 855-450-3733. It's 855-450. Free as in freedom. Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. Call in. Talk about whatever's on your mind. We're talking about, well, Joe Biden's gotten some bad press here, apparently. And uh, I don't know. What do you think? Joe Biden got a chance at being the next president of the United States of America? Your thoughts, 855-450-3733. want to tell you about Bitcoin.com. They're your premier source for everything related to cryptocurrency. Bitcoin Cash, and all the other cryptos, too. Bitcoin.com can help you choose a wallet. You can buy Bitcoin Cash right there. They can show you how to spend your cryptocurrencies, uh, places like saveatpurse.com. They've got the best news organization in the crypto sphere. Go to news.bitcoin.com to see that. You can get free Bitcoin at free.bitcoin.com. Excuse me, you can get free Bitcoin cash at free.bitcoin.com. Um, engage in with your community at the, the forum they've got there. Listen, uh, let go uh, and listen to their, uh, they've got this uh, news thing, bitcoin.com. If you search them on YouTube, you'll find, just search bitcoin.com. You'll find their, their, daily, their weekly news, all of it, bitcoin.com. So it's Mark with you. Greg. And Johnson. And I just want to, you know, a little bit more about this uh, site here. Joe Biden has a feel good, has a feel good for the, uh, a good feel, excuse me, for the American people and knows exactly what they want deep down, reads JoeBiden.info, the parody site. He's happy to open up and reveal himself to voters and will give a pounding to anybody who gets in his way. And this site, I looked at it, it is it does look like a presidential site. It's got Joe Biden at the top. He's you know smiling, and it's Joe Biden twenty twenty. And I think it's a little ways down before you figure out that this guy is gunning for Joe as opposed to uh, promoting Joe. He's just Biden his time. He's just Biden. <laughs> 
his time. And there are lots of videos and pictures of Biden doing creepy things. Whether or not Biden's doing creepy things, I don't have any idea. But, uh, you know, it, it don't look good. So Biden's been under scrutiny after a number of women made allegations that he touched them in ways that made them feel uncomfortable. After those allegations surfaced, Biden pledged to be more respectful. Biden's campaign did not respond to a request for comment on this article from CNBC. The Internet snafu suggests Biden's campaign is having early difficulty with its digital operation, and that could pose trouble for the 76-year-old as he competes in a field that's already proven to be savvy with new tools for online outreach and funding, yeah, fundraising. So you had just said, Greg, during the break, you built the app for the Andrew Yang uh, presidential campaign. Yeah, we're uh, basically building an app to help uh, Andrew Yang campaign. If you go to yang2020.app, for example, you'll find uh, the, the app. Uh, but basically, you know, Obama was helped by a guy in 2008 uh, with social media, and that yeah, was he was, a- and they, they they credit him with uh, with with the win, basically. Yeah, that was a huge factor. I think Obama put him in charge, almost like equal to his uh, campaign. Uh, you know, head staff. Right. Basically gave him free reign. Exactly. So back then it was social media. It was media. a pretty small team, honestly, that was able to do a great deal. That's, yeah, exactly. So like back then social media was the big differentiator, the secret weapon, and that helped him a lot. Today, everybody, like if you have social media, that's great, right? What else do you have going for you? So I think today, in today's election, it's having your own app. I think Bernie came out with an app called Burn, the Bernie campaign. Yeah. And so we thought the Andrew Yang campaign have should have an app. I, what, is the, what does one need an app for? Oh, my goodness. Well, for, specifically for a, a you know, campaign, I, I just can't imagine what I would want a, you know, think of my favorite politician out there or whatever. I can't imagine what I want his or her app for. Uh, how much time do you have? No, well, <laughs> give, me, give me the short version. What could it possibly do? Uh, okay. So basically... Um, Having a website and, and having a rally is great, and you get these people, and they're all excited about your rally. But then, what are they going to do? Right, they what talk, are they going to do? They can talk to their friends, they can donate, right? And then they're kind of done for a while. With an app, I mean, you can reach out to them. You can have the app have you know automated notifications. Yeah, notifications, sure. You can see when the candidate's coming to your place, uh, right. your town. You can even help organize a rally. I can take this a few hundred steps further. You can have Andrew Yang appearing as a hologram. In a hundred different locations, which he's already flirted with this idea, mm-hmm. at rallies, which are autonomously helped to be organized by the app. Now, how would somebody interact with the hologram? It's not a bad idea. People might go someplace to see a hologram. Um, how would they interact, though? It's That particular performance may not be uh, personalized to every person, right? It's just about seeing uh, Andrew Yang in your rally. But that idea of organizing the rally... With the app in everyone's pocket, allowing them to be more effective. Doing 90% of the work, so all you do is press a button, yep. and it pairs you up with people, and you can have rides to and from the event, and you could actually see when the event is, or even organize the event. That's something an app can do. I guess it just comes down to the downloads on the app, right? you got to have the app out there, and then people either download it or they don't. And if they download it a bunch of times, then, well, that was a good idea. And if they don't, then, well... We tried, and you know, um, that's where it goes. I mean, we don't have any idea how many uh, downloads the Bernie campaign got on their app, just that they had one, right? Right. I mean, the news came out that he had an app. 
Right. Uh, but that's just rudimentary. And you sprang into action. At least you have an app, right? But the idea is an app that could help people to get together right. to plan things empowers the very supporters that you have. So like social media empowers the publisher, but now you can empower the person, the supporter, to actually go and make a difference in their community because the app does 90% of the work and it already knows who's in your community and they know what time and what building you can organize things in mm. and give rides and match people up for rides. For example, there's many things. It can give you memes every day that you can share online. Mm. That's pretty valuable. Yeah, I could see how. Well, so how would I guess the memes you would just have beneath it those little icons, Facebook, Twitter, and that kind of thing. You you touch the icon and zip. You know, it basically puts together your your tweet for you, and you know, you add a couple of things like yeah, and then you know you tweet it. Yeah, yeah, basically. Uh, but that automation, that little thing where it does ninety percent of the work, so you just do that one little final thing. That's the differentiator of an app versus like email. So. There aren't going to be very many Republicans in this race because we have a seated Republican in the race. I think that Bill Weld has announced, and I, I think there's one other guy who's announced. But more or less, um, you know, it's it's all the Democrats, you know, they're pulling out the 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 short the long knives, uh, carving each other up to see who's going to make it. Um, do you think this you think this is an area where Democrats and Republicans are pretty equal? Do you think one has an advantage over the other in this uh, particular sphere? In the primary. Yeah, no, I mean, in the uh, as far as app production goes, <clears throat> that's an interesting question. Because um, Republicans are generally considered to be behind the times when it comes to the uh, the internet stuff, but you know, maybe maybe not. I don't know. Who knows? Um, four years ago, I felt like Republicans were actually slightly ahead on some issues. Uh, who knows? I, people thought net neutrality was going to be a huge thing, and yep. the internet was against what the Republicans uh, were doing, which yep. is gutting it. But now, so far, there hasn't been much. Uh, blowback from gutting it. Yeah, every so. once in a while you'll see some bitter post about it, net neutrality, and and then it just goes away again. Uh, you know, it doesn't doesn't really seem to bubble up or be particularly meaningful. The number is eight five five four five zero three seven three three eight fifty five four fifty free. Talking about the presidential run here and who's going to be the top dog right now. People are talking about Biden, but we know these things change. Who do you think is going to be the the one that comes out? 855-450-3733. It's 855-450-FREE is in Free Talk Live. It's nail-biting. I want to tell you about my favorite cryptocurrency wallet, Edge Wallet at edge.app. Edge is the wallet I use more than any other, and that was true long before Edge Wallet became a sponsor of Free Talk Live. Edge Wallet allows you to buy, sell, trade, and securely hold your cryptocurrencies, including Bitcoin, Ethereum, tokens, Monero, Ripple, Dash, Bitcoin Cash, and more. It's available for both Android and iOS, and you can download it via the Play or App Store or via Edge Wallet's website, edge.app. Secure your freedom with Edge Wallet. Free Talk Live. 855-450-3733. It's 855-450-FREE, as in freedom. It's Mark with you. Greg. And Johnson. You can call in talk about whatever you want to talk about tonight. We have mostly been discussing this uh, this article here from CNBC talking about Joe Biden, and not in a good way. Now, this isn't saying Biden's done anything bad or wrong. It's just talking about a website that says he's done things that are bad and wrong. 
I'll get to it here in a second, but I want to tell you about ForkFest 2019. ForkFest 2019 is a camping party that we're having out in Rogers Campground. Lots of people are coming. It's not all Free Talk Live listeners, but there's a lot of them. And it's from June 13th through the 18th. You can camp. You could use have a hotel room. They've got one right on site. You can set up you know, a little restaurant, a little booth where you serve food, or you can have things for people to do. It's whatever you want to do at ForkFest. If you want to connect with the others that are going, go to ForkFest.Party. That's ForkFest.Party and get connected. Going on with this article here uh, about the, the, the website JoeBiden.info. And this website basically just lampoons uh, Joe Biden and his propensity to sort of grope people. Excuse me. Biden has uh, been under scrutiny for after a number of women made allegations that he touched them in ways that made them feel uncomfortable. After those allegations surfaced, Biden pledged to be more respectful. But, uh, you know, they the the pledge basically said something in the effect of Joe Biden's done nothing wrong, but we'll be more respectful. And, uh, you know, the, the article's sure to point out that Joe Biden is 76 years old. I think he's older than Trump. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's the oldest one in this race. Right. I think by Trump, a couple years. Trump's the oldest president that's in history, and Biden proposes to be older. That doesn't, I, I don't know. I don't think American, for me, that that's the reason that Biden and Sanders are out. By the way, not to be ageist or anything, but I wonder if either Biden or Sanders wins. If we're going to have another election in 2024 20, right. with the same candidates because they're only going to do one term. You know, if, if you become 91 or 92, you might want to say, OK, yeah, you know, I've had my one term. Have we had a president in the United States die of age-related causes while in office? Has that happened? I it depends on well, William Henry Harrison died from the flu while giving a or a cold while you know giving it from giving a speech. I don't know. I mean, it doesn't sound like that's exactly age-related. No, I'd say no is the answer. Um, you know, I mean, you know, there may be a death that <laughs> some of them died of lead poisoning. I can tell you that much. <laughs> I'd like to see Ron Paul come back in the campaign. <laughs> Ron Paul knows that he, you know, old guys shouldn't run. <laughs> but so that's that's another funny thing. We were talking about sort of what makes campaigns work and what, um, you know, what doesn't. And, you know, Ron Paul had some, one of the most successful presidential campaigns in U.S. history and then followed it up with one that was even more successful than his son runs in 2016 and can't you know, I, I can't hold a candle like just people aren't excited They're They're just not excited. And. I, I was kind of surprised, honestly. I thought that uh, Rand Paul would be able to be uh, inheriting the uh, Ron Paul, you know, voting train, but not yeah. so much. You know, when when you see guys like Bernie Sanders and Ron Paul, which some people think are opposite sides of the political spectrum, but I don't, because I, you know, they teamed up to audit the Fed. There's many things that they are very much against war and so on, right? When you see these two old guys, and you have tons. Tons of young people just turning out to support them. You know that they're doing this for a reason, right? You know there's something energizing the people, and it's usually the policy. It's usually not the guy's hair, mm. usually. Right. Well, um, Bernie's, is, Bernie's known for his hair, but I don't imagine that the reason he got all the support he got was for his hair. That old Doc Brown hair. <laughs> I kind of think that part of the, the Bernie Sanders thing is is the uh, that we've got this conundrum surrounding uh, healthcare and surrounding college uh, debt. So 
I, I, look, I'm for well, Warren's the, jumping on that train. So. Who's that? Uh, Elizabeth Warren. Oh, I'm sure they all are. On the, well, for, I think her more than others has made it into a campaign issue. Of, what specifically you know, college debt? Yeah. yeah. You see, Free like college. you could get me to agree that the banks got a bailout, so the people who have loans from the banks for college debt should also get a bailout. I'm willing to, you know, I'm I'm willing to, to concede that. What However, other loans? What's should, that? So yeah, but what other loans should be a bailout? I mean, I have a car. I understand. <laughs> uh, you didn't buy a car during the, uh, the, the, you know, what the car does, everything it said it was going to do, the college education <laughs> does not. Um, and these kids are fed a line. They're, they're sent to a government school for 13 years. They're told basically every day of that government schooling, got to go on to college if you want to be successful. So they go on to college. They're not told you've got to do certain careers within uh, the college spectrum in order to be successful. Otherwise, you have a giant boatload of debt that you're never going to work off, and you're basically entering serfdom. You know, no one says that. <laughs> so I would be fine with a bailout as long as we change some kind of system surrounding uh, college so that these kids aren't. I mean, a whole generation enslaved in a kind of serfdom, fine. I'm willing to give one in order to get the other, but no no candidate's talking about it in that way. I would even say there's a bigger um, system here, right? Okay. The corporate system. Yeah. Uh, corporations, as you often libertarians say, are a uh, creation of the government. Yeah, they're construct of the government, sure. You know, And what are the top corporations today? Facebook, Amazon, Google, Microsoft, right? These companies are all tech companies. The thing is, people come to work for these corporations, but then they automate away a lot of the work, right? Facebook has one engineer for every like million users. Mm-hmm. They don't employ that many people to serve the users. Sure. And so that's a very different capitalism that we had in the 1950s when you actually like respected your uh, your workers, and they had a they were a company man for like 50 years. They got a pension, right? They supported on one paycheck an entire household. So like things changed, and today's ch- kids even in the primary school, are being taught to work for these corporations. A bit like they were taught to work for the state in, in let's say, USSR. Work for the state. Well, here, it's going to be like, sit down for 10 hours and be quiet and learn to work for the corporation. And as a result, there's an ADHD overdiagnosis. And the kids are being overmedicated too, in my opinion. It seems it seems to be that they're they're handing out an awful lot of Ritalin uh, in these classrooms, and I've heard people who have kids that are basically, you know, the, the teachers don't know what to do with them. So they're like, well, he needs drugs. It's and an easy solution. If you've got twenty five kids in a class, yeah, it makes perfectly good sense that you know that that could be an issue. A lot of times, this is just sort of growing up, and some kids are different than other kids. Some kids are. You know, strong-willed and and hyperactive and all those sorts of things. So, well, you know, it uh, it it makes sense that the teacher would be frustrated and upset. But this is the problem with a one-size-fits-all monopoly organization. Exactly. By the way, I don't want to say that like the system we have in the United States is exactly like Soviet Russia, right? There, the state was the monopoly that had like all the you know public schools, which. You know, we have public schools here. But yes. They had like all these public factories. Here, we have multiple, but we have corporations, Google, and but also things, the means of production, right? The shirt that is being made yeah. are owned by corporations mostly. And 51% of workers work for corporations. So it's still a system where giant sort of quasi-like, you know, top-down. When you top say 50, down, 51%, do they work for large corporations or just some right, entity exactly. that is organized? Large, as, I believe. Okay. I, I, I don't know for sure. But I believe it's the large corporations. Which is defined as five hundred or more right. employees. 
five hundred or more. Um, that would be yeah. That would be the small business is supposed to be like less than five hundred employees. I can't even imagine how somebody calls right. that. That's a, a lot more business. libertarian than small business, right? Because that's a person or family, and they really are in touch with like what they actually need. Yeah, I th- I'm of the opinion that in a more libertarian world that big companies wouldn't do as well because big companies collude with the state on many levels in order to keep themselves up top and uh, the ones down on the bottom. I also think that Lobbyist. in many cases, uh, yeah, I think in many cases you're talking about the with education is is that uh, college education is basically corporations socializing the cost of education of their employees onto the backs of the rest of us. And what's the point of that? Uh, the number, 855-450-3733. It's 855-450-FREE, as in Free Talk Live. Or you can use the Discord lines at discord.freetalklive.com. Talk live. Call in, talk about whatever's on your mind. It's Mark with you. Greg. And Johnson. Greg from New York. Thank you for visiting here on Free Talk Live. We appreciate having having you in the studio. Thank you, guys. It's a pleasure. It's the first time. Yeah, check us out um, at... Well, check out the AMP program. You go to amp.freetalklive.com, and you can support what we do on Free Talk Live, like Matt Peral has. Oh, man. French last name. Look at how many vowels are in lined up there. In <laughs> Normally, it's an E-A-U, right? Is that the... Uh, E-A-U. Yes. So that would be an O sound. Perolt, I believe. Thank you, Matt, uh, for amping Free Talk Live. And you can do so, too, by going to amp.freetalklive.com. We only use those funds to advertise, market, and promote Free Talk Live. So if you want the ideas of freedom spread far and wide, then, well, that's the way to do it. Amp.freetalklive.com. Dot com. Let's go to Matthew calling in from Louisiana. Matthew, you're on Free Talk Live. So, the, uh, the Yang app, does it enable communication with the campaign, or is it strictly the candidate talking at you? Well, lovely question. Uh, we are working on so many features, and we're trying to prioritize. So, the whole point of the app is to have people communicate with each other and not just the candidate talking at you. So, yeah, I think people should be able to submit questions. I think that's an excellent feature request that we should uh, take into account. Doesn't it gonna, isn't it going to degenerate like the comment section, though? I mean, the, the first rule of the Internet is don't read the comment section. Oh, my goodness. I don't know. I haven't been to enough Reddit AMAs to know <laughs> how they vet well, the uh, questions. The thing is, is that sometimes your uh, desire to keep the trolls out just so, uh, or the bots out, just so overwhelms, you know, the average user's ability to get through the security protocol. Like, I can't, I can't lay any comments on Breitbart because they use Discuss, and Discuss is convinced I tried to open up a Discuss account. And I can't talk to them and say, no, no, that was a mistake. Something else was going on. So I can't communicate to any, uh, anybody. I just got banned off a major uh, national radio station. How'd you manage to do that? Uh, I have no idea. I'm not sure why Gun Talk, uh, Tom Gresham's not taking my calls anymore. But he's not. Did you, I, I, I don't know. You didn't, uh, you didn't say anything threatening. 
No, I never threaten radio talk show hosts because that's, one, rude, and it's pointless. Yeah, it would be pointless. It kind of reminds me of those uh, automated systems where there's no one really on the other line, uh, but if you have a problem with Google or Gmail, uh, you might not be able to reach anybody. That's true. It. Matthew, thank you for the call. Yeah. Call 1-800-NO-SERVICE. Cal. <laughs> 855-450-3733. Going on with a story from CNBC here about the Biden uh, 2020 campaign and um, in general and then sort of specifically about this this uh, parody site called JoeBiden.info where more or less it looks like a campaign website, but then it quickly devolves into you seeing a bunch of pictures of uh, Biden, like groping uh, different women and kids and female kids. And, you know, sometimes he combines it. Other times he doesn't. So I kind of wonder, so it goes on. I would assume Joe Biden's campaign knows about it by uh, though by now the person wrote. I get it. Gets, I get thousands of Biden supporters coming to the site every day who fail to realize that this is a parody, asking for volunteer information, donation information, suggestions on how to handle the Anita Hill situation, or criticizing all of his all men are created equal. No joke. Um, the person posted screenshots to a popular pro-Donald Trump Reddit thread last month uh, purporting to be from the Biden from Biden supporters. I created the site before he launched his campaign, and the site garnered a fair amount of traffic from Facebook, Twitter, and Reddit, especially on April Fool's Day, the person said. I think these factors combined with good search engine optimization practices resulted in it ranking very well on Google and Bing. The person wrote that they haven't been paid to advertise the site, and they haven't paid to advertise the site, and that the only money contributed to the effort was a small amount spent purchasing the domain. The person who uh, also has parody domains related to Senators Sanders, Kamala Harris, Elizabeth Warren, and Cory Booker, the person said, but uh, they noted the Biden parody has just been more viral. Isn't that kind of proof that like Google isn't pushing these establishment candidates or Biden because clearly their search algorithm seems to have responded to the SEO properly, you know? Right. You might be able to claim that Google supports Trump from this information, but not much else, I wouldn't think. Is it beneficial to, you know, many of the dozens of people who are running for the Democratic nomination? Uh, well, yeah, I think it is. I think that, you know, you tear down the top guy, then somebody else has to, to fill the vacuum. Mm -hmm. But that's probably going to at least initially benefit Sanders, Warren, uh, Buttigieg, for whatever reason, has gotten some acclaim, but... I don't know. I can't remember the last time a mayor got elected to the presidency. Yeah. You know what? Yeah, I remember Giuliani and Michael Bloomberg almost ran. Yeah. I'm from New York, so. <laughs> but, like, you know, it's interesting. The Democratic Party, just like the Republican, has, like, different wings, right? Different. It's a, it's a tent with different poles. Yep. So the progressive wing has been very active, right, since... Well, since Bernie's election really energized the progressive. Right. The, the progressives got ripped off in a terrible manner, and... Uh, you know, I mean, I, I get to talk to every week I go visit a friend who's in the nursing home and he's a diehard uh, Democrat. And he, um, you know, he, he was just a Hillary supporter. Why? Because it was about time that a woman got it or something. It didn't even make there was no even sense to it. It's like this identity thing. Yeah. With who who is the person rather than the policy. But like what's interesting is that 
there's sort of been the progressive wing is almost expected Bernie to just win the whole thing. And then Biden comes along and you get this bifurcation. So people who are older, right, yep. tend to skew more conservative, uh, or I should say established and moderate. Yep. Right? And then you've got people who are like younger. Who is Bernie attracting is like the younger voters, right? I don't know. Where, I remember somebody said this online. They did a fact check of CNN's poll that Biden is like trouncing Bernie. But the CNN poll actually skewed very much older uh, and, and they just discounted all the younger people as like N.A., like not enough people. Yeah, this uh, is what poll. libertarians are constantly doing within, uh, you know, the Republican polls. They're like saying things like, well, you know, if uh, they would they're, they're, they're only polling old people and, you know, this, this sort of thing. And, it, you know, well, who has the landlines these days now? It's true. <laughs> who has the landlines? I don't have one at my house. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Is that who they poll? Is that they just call landlines? Uh, in a lot of cases, yeah. You would think that the really Democrats would have figured out by now to not listen to the polls because, you know, that's how you get surprised on election night with, uh, oh, Hillary lost. The argument for the Democrats in that circumstance is that Hillary won by a margin that was similar to the polls. Mm, but Yes. Or excuse me, Hillary, Hillary got as many votes that were similar to the polls. It's just that because of the Electoral College right. that Trump won. And that's... That well, it's yeah, true. Yeah, but they, it was it was locally that that was happening as well. I mean, there were uh, in local election areas. You know, they were reporting. Well, Hillary is absolutely going to win in in a particular area. So not just nationally, right. they were saying that on a, on a local level, where on area certain areas locally, she was destroyed and and things went very much uh, you know opposite. There were some where it was close calls, right? I think there's a lot of guys that voted for Trump that wouldn't tell their wives sure. that they did. And yeah. I think that that was probably what did her in personally. But at the, it was such a close election that you could have blamed it on anything. The color of one of the pantsuits that she wore. You could have just picked anything <laughs> and blamed it because it was so close. And also, you know, the larger picture, I tend to do this talk about the larger picture of the two-party system, okay? Why do we have that? Well, that's a mathematical almost like outcome of our ballot, right? We just have simply a first past the post right. system. And that's basically the candidate with like the plurality of the votes wins. And if we had a ranked voting system, like in Maine, for example, right. or Maine's- I believe, I think you told me this, that you like uh, the approval vote right. more than uh, ranked. But, I don't know that yeah. I did, but um, yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah, there's approval voting, there's ranked voting, there's a Have variety of ways. Quadratic voting. What's that? What's that? Uh, so quadratic voting is a very new uh, voting experiment that ca- came out that uh, essentially sounds hard. Don't forget um, the average voter stupid. It, it, well, it, it's the system is simple. The math behind it is not. Um, the essentially uh, what it does is it punishes um, ideologues. So essentially, you can vote. You can get uh, one vote uh, for a particular issue or candidate. I guess uh, you get basically a hundred votes. Unless you're voting for the same thing over and over again, in which case the cost of your vote increases exponentially. So you can either vote like everything, like all your votes for the same thing, you get 10 votes. Or you spread them all out, you can you can get up to 100 votes. But what that does is it punishes ideology. I don't know exactly the details, but uh, it's a new thing. Supposedly to- it worked fantastically. I think I'll have to look up this quadratic voting to understand a little more clearly. The number is 855-450-3733. 855-450-FREE, as in Free Talk Live. This is a special alert for business owners, consultants, coaches, folks planning retirement, entrepreneurs, and anyone 
who is saving and investing to build a financial future. You are likely aware that financial privacy for most people has recently died a miserable death. And let's face it, without privacy, there really is no security, is there? Bankrupt governments and banks on the verge of collapse are perhaps the biggest threat to your financial future today. The Lighthouse Law Club recognizes this and has been working diligently to provide safe, secure, and productive tools to ensure your privacy, your financial security, and your future financial well-being, despite the catastrophes which many people fear are looming ahead of us. Find out more with a variety of free videos on the YouTube channel for Lighthouse Law Club. Just search YouTube for Lighthouse Law Club and secure your future today. It's Free Talk Live. You are free to call in and talk live about whatever is on your mind. It's Mark with you. Greg from New York visiting. And Johnson. So, uh, Greg, you're here for the, uh, I guess you're coming to see the the Andrew Yang thing in uh, like Dartmouth tomorrow, day after. I'm not even entirely sure. Yeah, so... uh, you know, I'm a big fan of UBI. I've been calling into the show for years. That's universal basic income. Universal basic income. The idea that everybody gets money instead of making sure they're poor first before they get means-tested welfare. Given the fact that we already have welfare, this would be something that um, essentially would give people the dignity to collect a check without actually... Ah, dignity. ...identifying as like disabled or something. So... I guess my question on UBI is, I I, I kind of think of it as a solution without a problem, right? I, I see the lowest uh, unemployment in U.S. history going on, uh, lowest unemployment in U.S. history going on uh, at a given point, and I mean, like, it's been, in my lifetime, uh, 1969 was the last time we had unemployment as low as it is today, and we're proposing and the UBI folks are proposing to give out free money to to people. Can you uh, reconcile that in my head for me? Like why would we want to do that? When yeah, no, I think things are working point. fine. I think that's a really good point. The optics, I mean, you got to reconcile that, right? You've got almost full employment as they say, yeah. you know. You At gotta, this point it's hard to to imagine that somebody wants a job that doesn't have one. They may not have the job they want. I mean, I remember what it was like when I was 15 years old or 16 years old, maybe I was 17, I don't even remember, uh, working at Burger King. It sucked. Uh, you know, it was not the, the job that I wanted to do by any stretch of the imagination. But you, you know, may not get what you want. <laughs> it was nice having the extra money. Yeah. So I think that's very important. But obviously, if you compare how people used to live in the 50s and how they live now, one person could support an entire household. Um, the employer valued his work or her work. It was typically his work uh, if uh, the man was the breadwinner uh, bringing the uh, – now what happened was – A lot of people – well, there's there's some things that happened. I would first say that um, the 1950s came after the 1940s. And what happened in the 1940s was the most cataclysmic destruction of capital uh, that the world had ever seen. Um, we they quite literally you know, used the means of production to create – 
machines that destroyed the means of production of the other side. And essentially, the United States was left as the only place on the planet where you could, that could make a washing machine. That's right. Detroit was Motor City yeah. because everyone else was bombed out. They couldn't create the cars. Right. You'd have to, it, it took them 10 years to build the factory to be able to compete. And, I mean, you know what, what uh, Japanese cars looked like in the late 60s and early 70s? They were little rattle traps. I remember, I think in the 30s, though, there was this big migration. John Steinbeck talks about this. Yep. Uh, Grapes of Wrath or, you know, of mice and men. There's this big exodus from the farm into the city. Right. And there was uh, sort of this uh, dust bowl also. Right. And uh, it took 10 years to build the factories in the 30s in this country, in the United States. And I think that um, a lot of that was precipitated by automation. Okay. The combines. The machines. So if you look at fa- if you look at farms before the 30s, there's many people working there. Oxen, you know. Now you have tractors, right? There's one or two people now running the farm, but back then you had to have many people, and there were all these ideas about collectivizing the farm or doing something with socialism as well. But the idea was you needed people. Today that calculus changes, and I think both capitalism and socialism are making this assumption that the employer values the employee enough that they're always going to pay them a living wage. I think that assumption needs to be questioned in the next 30, 40 years. And we need something, something to be in place to handle that demand shock. It might not happen today. Demand shock for human labor. Because human labor... So the lack of demand. So the shock, uh, the sh- a shocking lack of demand for human labor. Yeah, a shocking lack of demand. And if that can, what, what are wages if not the price that we pay for human labor? And if so, if human labor costs less, right? If today that um, surgeon is able to do the work of 10 surgeons and just faster, then surgeons get paid less and so on and so forth. So we need something in place to well, take care of that. One thing the AMA does, uh, the American Medical Association does, is they restrict the amount of surgeons that are going and getting jobs. So they're basically functioning as a union in the sense that they restrict the amount of labor that's available for surgeons. But I think you're right. There's probably a moment in time when robots are going to be doing the um, all the surgery, but probably pretty soon a lot of the surgery, um, and then the surgeon just has to step in, do something, and then, you know, it's all I mean, done. My hope is that the robots step in and start taking the role of, you know, doing all the paperwork so that we can fire all the bureaucrats, because that would really bring costs down so that instead of increasing costs by paying everyone a similar amount of money and putting them on a dole where the government can then start putting conditions on that, right? That's my fear with universal basic income is that it it creates this leverage point for the government to eventually start saying, well, if you don't do this, we're going to start taking that stipend from you. Right, we're going to start not paying you a certain that that little bit that a little amount that you're making now. We're going to say no. Um, so that's my concern with universal basic basic income. But then also, uh, you know, I I just think that it's it's putting more into the hands of the government rather than just saying why don't you keep your income. I mean, why don't we instead instead of dialing up government, dial it down. And let, start letting people have more opportunities to start their own businesses and uh, let the market drive the innovation rather than just throwing money at the problem by stealing from other people. Well, I agree with a lot. Of, I, th- I think anybody that listened to me on the show and in general knows I'm sort of a left libertarian. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of these solutions can be done in a voluntarist way. I mean, the companies that I have, Cubix, Intercoin, are essentially community-based, right? UBI and done in a voluntarist way. 
Okay. The community has this inflated this currency that they can inflate gradually, but everyone knows it and decides to use it anyway, right? So that's there's ways to do it voluntary. Okay, but at the same time, what you know, what I'm saying is, bringing um, attention to the idea of a UBI is important. And I don't know if Andrew Yang is going to win the presidency. That depends mm. on like how things go. Right. right. This is well. I mean, at this point, you're approaching it as as though he's an issue candidate, and he kind of is purporting himself to be an issue candidate. He may have a shot. He's not. Uh, I mean, he's got he's got the presidential stuff lined up. He's he's good looking. Um, he's you know vaguely ethnic, but not ethnic. Um, he's young. He's got. Uh, you know, he's he's re- reasonably tall by the looks of it. I mean, he's got these things down. I think that if you were to cast a president on television, Andrew Yang looks like that guy that could play that role. We just drew his face um, <laughs> on a giant mural in New York City by the Battery Tunnel. <laughs> There's an Andrew Yang mural now. Um, I was up till 6 a.m. actually working on it. <laughs> do you, you have the ability to do murals? That, tell me. Um, well, the face was actually done by a friend of okay. mine. Uh, actually, um, so there's a guy that works with us, yeah, and he brought his friend from Baruch College, and he's very uh-huh. artistically minded, and so he was he drew the face. I, I did the text. Wow! Uh, and so this was like spray painted or what? Um, it was all paint that we had bought from Home Depot. Wow! I was thinking that maybe you stuck a big sticker up there or something. Let's go to Sarah in New Mexico. Sarah, you're on Free Talk Live. What's on your mind? Yeah, I just want to... Did I bring up that here in Albuquerque about three years ago? You have brought up Albuquerque in the past, yes. So that we have we have many Chinese massage parlors. Chinese massage and, parlors in Albuquerque. All right, where's this going? Well, you know, they busted them for human trafficking. What? They busted you them know? for human trafficking. Yeah, they were, they were forcing the girls into prostitution. How so, would they do that? So, well, the thing is, um, well, the, the, they, were, they were reporting that they could get sex for money plus a massage. And at first, they were arresting the girls. And it, and it turned out they were forced into it. So here's a question so, for you, Sarah. Do you think if these girls had been receiving a universal basic income that they wouldn't have been forced into this profession? Well, I mean... Well, they're, well, they're foreign girls. They're, they're actually Chinese citizens looking for work. I imagine they are. I think they might have been illegal. So they're, they're, they don't qualify for universal Quite basic income. Okay. Thanks That's for the call, Sarah. Sure. appreciate it. 855-453. Free talk live. <laughs> it's Free Talk Live free to call in and talk live about whatever's on your mind tonight. Remember, 855-450-3733. It's Mark with you. Greg. And Johnson. Anypay.global is, well, it's it's a site that you can use uh, to get um, point-of-sale software for your business uh, for cryptocurrency. So if you've got a retail business and you want to take cryptocurrency, which you should because that'll open up a whole new market for you. Uh, People who spend cryptocurrency tend to be fiercely loyal because they don't have other places to go. Plus, you're liable to get a news story out of it. If you just go to anypay.global 
And they've got a site, actually. It's uh, helpmetakebitcoin.com. Helpmetakebitcoin.com. Um, and you can get set up. It takes, if you have a cryptocurrency wallet, it takes quite literally a couple of minutes to get set up. Helpmetakebitcoin.com. Let's go to Elijah calling in from Kansas City. Elijah, you're on Free Talk Live. Hi, how are you? All's well. What's on your mind? Uh, I want to talk about Mr. Rogers. Mr. Rogers? Yeah, you you remember Mr. Rogers? Fred Rogers. Yeah, you know, Mr. Are you, Rogers. From are Mr. you Rogers his, his neighbor? I am his neighbor, yeah. live right next door. Okay, um, go ahead and talk I, about him, Elijah. I, that sounds well. I remember uh, Mr. Know, McPhee. I, Sometimes I I watch, you know, and I like think to myself, "Damn, like, what it would be like to caress that old wrinkly face," you know. You know he's dead, right? Oh wait, is he really? Yes. <laughs> oh, sadly. Well, I mean, even if he's dead, like, no one's gonna know that I'm picking up his corpse and caressing his skull, right? They wouldn't. Well, that's not necessarily oh. true. Grave robbers get uh, caught all the time. Is this about it, Elijah? You at the end of this? Um, no, no, I, I have one more thing to say. Okay, I'm ready. Um, I got I, a dump button, I too. Think they should do a, I think they should do a, a reboot of Mr. Rogers. They are. called Mr. Rogers visits a prostitute. Okay, we got it. Actually, they are doing a reboot of Mr. Rogers. Uh, Tom Hanks is going to play Mr. Rogers. And hmm. of the people who can pull it off... I think he can. Is it a movie or is it a? I think TV it's a movie. Show? Yeah, um, you, you could look it up and get more information on it. I'm, I'm not exactly uh, well versed in I these things. I think that gentleman should purchase himself a button-down V-neck sweater. I think that gentleman is uh, probably just cranking us for lots of fun. Johnson, I see you brought in some show prep, and uh, frankly, I haven't had a chance to go over it here. You got something you like? Uh, sure. Well, I only uh, brought in one, so that kind of narrow, narrows it down. Uh, so let me uh, pull it up. Over 150 riot uh, employees walk out to protest forced arbitration and sexist culture. Uh, that is not the one that I brought Okay. <laughs> That's, I think uh, in Google that happened. I have one that is you know, the worst possible hot button issue. That uh, happened in in Georgia today. Oh boy! I'm not even going to mention it. We're we talking the state of Georgia. The yeah, the state of Georgia. Um, I don't know if you're in the uh, the new and improved group, but I want you to say go on that story before I actually bring it Do up. Do it because uh, yeah. Go ahead. Whatever <laughs> you, it is, you know it's it's uh, talk radio hell if I bring that. up. I understand. Okay, bring well, it up. Then I'm going to bring it up. This story is from Slate. So Georgia just criminalized abortion. Women who want to terminate their pregnancies would receive life in prison. Oh, dear God. Yeah. So on Tuesday, Georgia Republican Governor Brian Kemp signed a fetal heartbeat bill that seeks to outlaw abortion after about six weeks. The measure, HB 481, is the most extreme abortion ban in the country, not just because it would impose severe limitations on the women's reproductive rights, but also because it would subject women to get to who get illegal abortions, to life imprisonment and the death penalty. The primary person... Per, let me speak with the, my mouth Rebel, Republicans, this is the reason that libertarians don't trust you. When you get control of a state, Republicans, <laughs> this is the crap you do instead of 
talk all that fiscal, sort of lowering taxes, right, all the yeah. fiscal conservative stuff we're talking about. Look, there are states all across the United States that are controlled by Republicans, and there are states all across the United States that are controlled by Democrats. If you want to know what it looks like if the Republicans or Democrats get in charge, don't look no further <laughs> than Georgia for Republicans or. I don't know, um, New York State for the Democrats. or I mean, there's a variety and, of amounts you could, there and, you'd love. And this is also why Republicans lose and, and, and can't get hold in, in other areas, because this is the type of thing that happens under extreme Republican control. Now, but, I, I think my position on this is somewhat nuanced in so mm-hmm. much as I do believe that life begins um, at the, you know, the point when a, a sperm hits an egg. However, I also believe that crime and uh, you know poverty and all these things are created by the unwanted. So, if the mother doesn't want this child, what am I? Why do I want to fight and uh, you know do all kinds of stuff in order to get this child, uh, um, you know, some life so that it can do what? Cause problems. <laughs> so you know, and I mind it's also nuanced. I believe in you know obviously a science based solution and. Uh, what I would call fetal relocation and saying I would I would say that I am in in some respects pro-life right I'm pro-life because I don't want to see any sort of ending of life but what's the natural uh, what's the natural outcome of taking a fetus out of a womb it dies now especially if you take it out in pieces well especially <laughs> if you take it out in pieces but that, that, that there are uh procedures where that doesn't necessarily have to happen right it can be they've removed. got artificial wombs now yeah they've got artificial wombs they have they like do a have, sheep in one they do have procedures that are uh capable of removing a you know a fetus intact right but the purpose of that in some cases in some cases not all obviously clearly there are uh, pretty brutal abortion styles but there are some where it's uh, you know, especially the ones that are considered late term, right? Where it is, you know, removing a fetus and just letting it suffocate, on, you know, and and die that way, right? Would be pretty inhumane. And so the the actual sort of uh, and the termination of life of that, uh, you know, late later stage fetus is done in a more humane fashion in those cases, right? So uh, I would say that just blanket. Um, you know, a blanket ban on it. If 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 we were to still allow, you know, that kind of like a removal, right? Like, let's say we said, uh, you know, abortions are banned. You're not allowed to kill anymore, but you were able to relocate the fetuses. Well, I I would say that I would support a sort of a financial incentive to if you want to save these things, then start investing money, start investing in the technology for a fetal relocation. And Why aren't the Republicans standing out in vitro, you know, in vitro adoption? Where's the adoption in the Republicans? You don't see a whole lot of Republicans adopting kids, you know, going crazy, uh, adopting the unwanted. Right. Why why aren't they helping these girls get adoptions set up um, in front of these things and in front of these abortion clinics rather than just uh, protesting? I don't really understand. And I'd also like to see uh, that window for adoption start happening earlier, because again, if if fetal relocation were a possibility, right? and artificial wombs were more of a scientific reality than they already currently are, then you could see uh, adoptions happen before, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, a fetus has even come to term. Yeah, what George is doing here sounds more like a pathway to crime, poverty, and institutionalization than anything. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, more details here, but uh, yeah. 855-450-3733. It's 855-450-FREE. As in Free Talk Live. Thank you. 
Free Talk Live has found that though U.S. financial institutions are prohibited from doing business with foreign gambling websites, it's not illegal for U.S.-based Internet users to gamble on those sites. People have been using VPNs or virtual private networks to connect to sites like games.bitcoin.com and play games with Bitcoin Cash. Games.bitcoin.com features poker, blackjack, roulette, craps, keno, slots, and dice. You can conduct your own investigation at games.bitcoin.com. Free Talk Live. Call in, talk about whatever's on your mind. That's what we do here at Free Talk Live. It's Mark with you. Greg and Johnson. Greg from New York sitting here on Free Talk Live. Appreciate you making the drive up. I uh, guess you're in New Hampshire for the Andrew Yang uh, rally thing. And the trees. Lots of trees. There are lots of trees. New Hampshire's got trees and, and hills so that you can see the trees as they go up the hills. And when you're at the top of the hill, you can see them as they go down and then up the other next hill. Yeah, we got trees. There's no doubt about it. The number is 855-450-3733. It's 855-450-FREE. Johnson, apparently the state of Georgia is proposing or has mandated, uh, uh, you know, outlawed basically abortion after a heartbeat. Right. And so that's like six weeks? Um, yep. The uh, Yep. After about six weeks. Yep. Okay. So more or less so- abortion's illegal after six weeks. Yeah. In a lot of cases, young ladies don't even know that they're pregnant um, in the first six weeks. Right. So it says here the primary purpose of HB 481 is to prohibit doctors from terminating So any- HB, so this is not passed. Um, apparently it was passed, or at least that's what the way the article title has made it sound. All right. That it happened. Um, uh, is to prohibit doctors from terminating any pregnancy after they can detect embryonic or fetal cardiac activity which typically occurs at six weeks gestation but the bill does far more than that in one sweeping provision it declares unborn children are a class of living distinct person that deserves full legal recognition thus georgia law must recognize unborn children as natural persons not just for the purposes of abortion but as a legal rule and i should say that this house bill i think while it has gone through government it doesn't become enacted into law until January 1st, 2020. And they probably have to, there's going to be, you know, a whole bunch of lawsuits surrounding it too. I'm guessing. But, you know, who knows if it's already gone through, that may be, it may be unstoppable at this point. So uh, it says here, the radical revision of Georgia law is quite deliberate. The bill confirms that fetuses shall be included in population-based determinations from now on because they are legally humans and residents of the state. Do we have to do census for babies now, for uh, infants, uh, you know, embryos? I don't even know what to call them. Apparently, but this uh, article brings up some even more complicated issues than that. Okay. But it is, it's not clear whether the bill's drafters contemplated more dramatic comp- uh, consequences of granting legal parenthood to fetuses. For instance, as Georgia appellate attorney Andrew Fleischman has pointed out, the moment this bill takes effect on January 1st, 2020, the state would be illegally holding... Thousands of citizens in jail without bond. Mm. That's Mm. because under HB 481, pregnant inmates' fetuses have independent rights, including the right to due process. Can a juvenile attorney represent an inmate's fetus and demand its release? If not, why? It's an egregious due process violation to punish one human for the crimes of another. If an inmate's fetus is a human, how can Georgia lawfully detain it for a crime it did not commit? So I find this 
endlessly fascinating, right? And, <laughs> right. And, and this is actually a very divisive issue. So oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't want to really like I don't know enough. <laughs> and the things I do know, I could see sort of people on both sides, reasonable people saying, okay, I mm-hmm. believe this or I believe that. Two things. I just want to say one is that the history of Christianity has changed, right? Attitudes towards abortion have changed even in the Christian religion. Yeah. Um, certainly in Judaism, uh, in Christianity, and in Islam, there's different opinions about— And there's uh, different sects of all those. That's right. So that's number one. So to say it's only a Christian way this way or that way is not necessarily historically accurate. Um, but more—I I, I have this interesting question, and I just want to put a question out there and sort of maybe discuss it. It's like, okay, what about um, before conception? Okay, so we're talking about um, contraception. Okay. So if it takes the state, um, you're the state and it takes you more money to raise the child and take care of it until it's 18 with the public schools and everything. Right. And wouldn't it be a smarter idea just um, without the moral uh, question of just subsidizing the condoms for the people who can't afford them? Just that the condom is much cheaper I don't than think people, the 18 years of subsidy. I can't imagine there's too many people out there that can't afford condoms. However, <laughs> I don't have a particular problem with handing out condoms. And you're just talking about you know, pieces of rubber. Uh, it seems to be the argument against that from the, the fundamentalist Christian side is, is, hey, you shouldn't be talking to my kid about sex. I talk to my kid about sex. Uh, the Catholic side appears to be like, well, it's it's God's will whether sperm meets eggs, and, and I'm like, wow, that's that's fascinating, really. It's uh, God's will when a goldfish uh, breeds with another goldfish too. I mean, God's really busy with this whole making sure that uh, you know eggs get fertilized thing, and I don't know, like it's. Uh, oh, I, think, I remember like Rush Limbaugh like seven years ago or four years ago. He was like oh, why should we subsidize this contraception as part of the health bill? He right. was really indignant about that. I'm like, dude, you want to save money? Of course you subsidize contraception. Because on the other side, you're going to spend much more, right? On the actual, as we said, person. Right? I say you mandate mm. contraception. Uh, you get those, uh, what are those uh, things that they the, the ladies get that... Uh, Depo Provera. Uh, yeah. give, give, give them the depots uh, for if they want to get their, uh, you know, their, their, their check. And then... <laughs> That way, if if you can't take care of getting your own money, if you can't handle your own life and you have to have money, then why in the heck would you be having a child? So there you go. I'm with you on that. Let's go to, I think Steve's got some questions here on UBI. Um, Steve, you're on Free Talk Live. Steve, can you hear me now? How about now? Steve. Let's put Steve on hold. Must be the, uh, maybe, it's, maybe it's the board up. Maybe there's something going on. I don't know. Eight five five four five zero three seven three three. That's yeah, right. Unborn baby infant, right? Isn't that- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I uh, go on with the other uh, questions that Mr. <laughs> Fleischman has regarding the uh, um, you know problems with making sure. I- embryos people. So there are definitely more interesting uh, implications of this particular new bill. Uh, goes on to say here the most startling effect of HB four eighty one may be its criminalization of women who seek out unlawful abortions or terminate their own pregnancies. An earlier Georgia law imposing criminal penalties for illegal abortions does not apply to women who self-terminate. The new measure, by contrast, conspicuously lacks such a limitation. It can and would be used to prosecute women. Misoprostol, a drug that treats stomach ulcers, but also induces abortions, is extremely easy to obtain on the Internet. And American women routinely use it to self-terminate. It is highly effective in the first 10 weeks of pregnancy. 
Anti-abortion advocates generally insist that they do not want to punish women who undergo abortions. But HB 481 does exactly that. Once it takes effect, a woman who self-terminates will have, as a matter of law, killed a human, thereby committing murder. The penalty for that crime in Georgia is life imprisonment or capital punishment. For Delightful. Yeah. Uh, one this question I have is like, if you really believe, if you really in your heart believe that as soon as conception happens, that person is a person, right, with full rights, wouldn't you invest in like preventing miscarriages? Like, isn't that as bad as an earthquake killing a lot of people? <laughs> like millions of people are being killed by miscarriages. I don't know. I mean, I guess I do believe that life begins at conception. However, I don't have that great of a value for uh, life from that standpoint. I think that pe- the government shouldn't go blowing people up. But uh, at the same time, you know, it's uh, you know, the way people are raised is really important. And if you're dealing with somebody who's unwanted, the, the, the rearing is probably not going to be that great. So in the moment you brought that up, it's, it's actually mentioned in the next paragraph. HB 41 would have consequences for women who get abortions from doctors or miscarry. A what? woman who what? seeks out an illegal uh. abortion from a healthcare provider would be a party to murder, such subject to life in prison. And a woman who miscarries because of her own conduct, say using drugs while pregnant, uh. would be liable for second degree murder, punishable by 10 to 30 years in prison. There we have it. Prosecutors may interrogate women who that is going to, happen. Yes. to determine whether they can be held responsible. If they find evidence of culpability, they may charge, detain, and try these women for the death of their fetuses. So they are trying to protect them. So there you go. So these women are <laughs> basically going to try to abort at the 11th hour right before the six weeks, right? Just to not go to jail. Uh, well, I guess, yeah. I guess that would have to be... But I think it's... It not matter. for miscarriage. Because, for miscarrying this? later. Yeah. yeah they'd have to prove that a heartbeat occurred, I would think. Yeah. But the drug thing, if you were just doing crack and your baby, you know, self-aborted or whatever, you'd be in big trouble. 855-450-3733. Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. Call in. Talk about whatever's on your mind. The number, 855-450-3733. That's 855-450-FREE, as in freedom. Let's go right to the phones, guys. We've got uh, Steve. I think we've got him uh, fixed here uh, for the call. Steve, you're on Free Talk Live. Hi. Hi. Uh, I've got I've got thoughts on the UBI, if you want to go back to that subject. Yes, I do. I want to go to all the subjects, but uh, if you want to talk about UBI, sure. We've got Greg in here. Absolutely. He's a self-proclaimed UBI expert. Enthusiast. Right, I think there's two sides of the coin on UBI. One, it's going to be bad because if they implement it, we all get this thousand bucks a month, and the re- the prices of bread, the prices of rent, everything will go up over the next ten years. What if they revoke it? Now we're all screwed. <laughs> huh. On the other side of that coin, uh, UBI could be used as a stepping stone toward a net zero economy. If you understand what net zero economy is. Can you go is, into that a little bit yeah, more? Yeah, you're going to tell me what that is. All right. The, uh, say a piece of automation to make Snickers bars cost a million dollars. Yep. The first Snicker bar that's made cost a million dollars. Right. By the millionth Snicker bar made, it's they a dollar. each cost a dollar. And by your hundred millionth Snicker bar, the they're ten each cents. a penny. Yeah. Or, okay. Yeah. I got it. Yep. So, 
So re- re- make the statement again then, now that I understand what a net zero economy is. Steve? I think the phone service went to zero. Yeah, he was but he, kind of fluctuating. He's still there, there, maybe. Yeah, he's still on the line. Well, Steve, move to a window. <laughs> Who knows? So um, what was uh, his first point? Uh, can you address that? So I think he's like a, act one and two, right? Act one is there is inflation. And from what he said, I wasn't really sure if he said the prices will go up anyway, regardless of UBI, kind of like how health insurance prices went up, uh, regardless of whether there was Obamacare or a more a different a private insurance market that's like kind kind of private. Right. Uh, things go up anyway because the government money goes down, right, in price. Well, the presumption is that there'll be more money chasing uh, the same amount of goods, so price would then necessarily go up. Right, because a lot of things are priced you know one market signal is how much can people afford exactly well you know so we do know this everybody's buying food now yep. right there's not a person that goes well food's too expensive so i'm just gonna stay hungry and die unless you're in college yeah if you could convince me that <laughs> somehow ubi with all the other programs were gonna go away right um the the ones where we tell people because i believe that in order to um that good decisions, and like I'm all about good decisions, good decisions um, result in good things. But we don't get good decisions without experience, and we don't get experience without having made bad decisions. So I think that bad decisions are an integral part, the yin and the yang, as it were, mm. of, uh, uh, you know, we have to have bad decisions. We have to at the very least see other people make bad decisions in order to have those. So if you were to hand out, say, $1,000 is the number I've heard, um, but eliminate all the the free government cheese and the the wick and you know the well, Yang makes it a choice actually you can opt into it but then you give up the government benefits so um, it's either or uh, right. that's Yang's proposal for now and I imagine that some of these government benefits are well above a thousand dollars in in value so some people would stick on those things but the value of those is largely you can't make bad decisions with them there's some kind of uh, the EBT card I guess that some people can buy cigarettes with it or something so there's some aspect of bad decision making but I mean I'm I'm incensed at the notion that somebody's spending my tax dollars on cigarettes but they could just as easily spend it on lobster and steak if they wanted to, I guess. Um, you know, and it seems to me they should probably be buying uh, ramen noodles or, you know, the the similar. So if you just give somebody a thousand dollars, they can go make some bad decisions, like I don't know, buy heroin with it instead of uh, of something else. But you have to hold them to those bad decisions for anything to work. Right. So there's like two things about this. Right. One is the bad decision is made. And it depends on the frequency of the UBI. If you're universal getting a UBI basic income. every yeah, so like universal basic income every day, you may make a bad decision today. You may blow it all tomorrow in a poker game, but you don't. You can't blow tomorrow. You know next week's money. So at some point, so it come weekly. If if it comes weekly, so the more frequently it comes, the the quicker you're going to learn that at some point your decisions you're gonna you're gonna buy that food. That's one. Right. But it's more deeper than that. It actually I think goes the other way. The other way. So studies show that people um, who don't have enough money, they literally have lower IQ points uh, as uh, not necessarily intrinsically, but because they have to worry about so much stuff. Right. Their brains are just working out about worry. Yeah. They're worried. Um, they can't have people running their errands for them. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, they don't have the money. It's like a guy with a small poker stack. You can actually take less decisions and take less risks than a guy with a large poker stack. Mm-hmm. Because that guy, well, he can make a few... 
He can make some mistakes. Some mistakes, and then finally he hits it, right? And of course, if you're loaded uh, or you have a big support system, then people can bail you out. Banks can bail you out. In fact, our president uh, has been bailed out several times by his dad, by banks, etc. So definitely, if you're in that position, you have a support system. If you don't, then having a support system for everybody actually improves their decisions uh, if you believe these studies. Okay, so a support system improves decision-making for everyone. All right. I suppose there's uh, the possibility that this is— Or at uh, least on this, net. This is the case. I, 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 I mean, addictive drugs are so prevalent and have been for so long, I find it difficult to imagine that somehow people are just going to straighten up. I, I, but maybe— Look, we're talking about this at a time when there's an opioid epidemic yeah. in the United States, and they have jobs. People have jobs, yeah. and they're laid off of the jobs, and it's especially the men after 2008 with the crash, okay? A UBI would actually decrease the amount of dependency the people, the laid off people have, or the depression. You know how many women are over-medicated, uh, or I should say one in four women, middle-aged women in the United States, is on, on an antidepressant? One in four. How are you going to pay for it? I mean, this has to be the biggest question. Where is this money going to come from? The 1% of the 1%. The <laughs> <laughs> women, women. <laughs> what was that thing about uh, Bernie Sanders and uh, the writing the rape stories? Women, oh, they want to be raped. <laughs> God, that was glorious. <laughs> so, what is that medicine? I forgot when you have like the tiniest, tiniest like Avogadro number molecule. Oh, yeah. What is that? Uh, fentanyl. No, no, no. Uh, I, what is, I forgot. There's like a, there's a, instead of doing the traditional medicine, the. Oh, homeopathy. Homeopathy. Yep. So I was just going to make yeah. the joke that the 1%, the less percent, the more money you get. <laughs> right? If you get the 0.001%, they're going to pay for everything. No. Um, so Andrew Yang proposes a value added tax, for example. Okay. Uh, that's on top of everything else that we have. <laughs> right. But okay. remember, we are a, fa- a person who opts into UBI under Yang's proposal would not be getting the means-tested welfare stuff. So, for example, if they identify right. as disabled, right? Yang talks about this in an interview with Ben Shapiro, actually, funny enough, because he sort of sits with people on the left and on the right. So, in a fiscal conservative world, he points out, somebody could identify as disabled, and they have two choices. They can either believe they're really disabled, in which case they're not uh, screwing the government, they're not, they're not um, committing fraud or anything. Right. They're really disabled. But think about that mindset. You identify as a disabled person. Who, that's, that's bad. Who, right. They might turn down an, a job because they might be considered able-bodied right. and lose everything. Under a UBI, that person wouldn't be turning down jobs. So how can we afford it? How can we pay for it? The fact is these resources exist in society. Everyone needs the food now. Right? The question of how we uh, di- diverting money, each transaction is a vote. So what we're doing by diverting money to people, to everybody is essentially saying, look, we're going to vote more heavily for necessities first. Food, clothing, and then things that are not necessities will follow later. Wouldn't so, it be nice if Finland's UBI actually worked this way? Because well, the Finland UBI experiment does not work the way that you It's disastrous, yeah. It's, well, and it, 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 they, in part, they didn't remove the, the conditional um, benefits that they, they offer there. So in other words, like for child welfare benefits... Uh, you know, someone who was on that UBI still had to apply and go through a separate process for those welfare benefits as well. So that sort of disincentive to work um, still exists in the Finland UBI system. And I just want to say that um, a lot of conservatives who support Milton Friedman mm-hmm. with the negative tax, okay? The negative tax is basically UBI with more bureaucracy. 
where it's basically like you have to file your tax, yeah. and then if you make below a certain amount, they make it up for you. Oh, they they, they still the, the Republicans already like this. They like the idea of an income of of basically welfare coming through uh, the you know the filing of your taxes. And I think the reason I don't know why they choose to do that, but they, that's the way they do it. They the, they're the head of household well, earned, earned income. It's exactly income like what I said it. earlier. They salivated the idea of having control over money that they can take away from people if they're not acting in the moral way that they so decide, well, right? And, so. and I think that cuts to the point of mistrusting people. And I think right. maybe after the break we can talk about that. Sure. 855-450-3733. That's 855-450-FREE. We can uh, take your calls. You can also call in on our Discord lines. Go to discord.freetalklive.com. You can download the Discord app there. And we've got, we've got call-in rooms. You can use those. You'll sound great, as you'll see here shortly. It's discord.freetalklive.com. Would you like to hang out with Penn Gillette? He's keynoting Freedom Fest this year. I, for one, am thrilled. Freedom Fest is the largest liberty-oriented gathering in the world. They take a Big Ten approach with libertarians, conservatives, liberals, anarchists, capitalists, and just open-minded people mingling together to hear real debates, share real solutions, and converse freely. This year's theme is the Wild West, a time of liberty and opportunity, or a time of anarchy and violence. Maybe both. Go to freedomfest.com FTL and get your tickets now. Now, freedomfest.com slash FTL. Not convinced yet? Hey, I understand. It's a high-end event, even with coupon code FTL50. Sure, you're likely to receive investment advice that'll make that sum seem paltry, but I have something special for you. Go to freedomfest.com slash FTL, and you'll get the five best speeches from last year for free. Call it a test drive. Do yourself a favor and go to freedomfest.com slash FTL. Freedomfest.com slash FTL. Use coupon code FTL50 for a discount. free to call in and talk live on the airwaves tonight if it's between 7 p.m. and 10 p.m. Eastern Time. No matter where you are in the world, you can call into Free Talk Live 365 days a year and you can talk about whatever is on your mind because that's what we do. It's Mark with you, Greg, and Johnson. Greg from New York visiting here to uh, going up to the Andrew Yang rally tomorrow or the day after. Ah, uh, there's one tomorrow, there's one day after. Andrew Yang has so many rallies in New Hampshire, I think he almost lives here. You're going to be yanging it up. All right, let's go to the phones. Here we got Dan calling in from Maine. Dan, you're on Free Talk Live. Thanks. I'd like to present the argument for the traditional family. All right. If they are being badly cheated. I will define them as uh, a father who's working, the mother uh, who is produced the children, risked her life to do it, and is raising the children. She is losing, they are losing uh, the money that the mother could be out working, say about 20, just as a low ball estimate, and that the children are costing them money, let's say about 10000 per child, so two, two children would be 20000 for the cost. So they are losing as a rough uh, quantitative analysis on the order of forty thousand bucks per year for raising for for doing the most important job of all creating children raising them so if you want to comment on that well i mean uh what do you, do you have a 
proposed solution for it? I mean, I obviously yes, nations want to have, uh, uh, have, have children produced, but me as an individual, I don't particularly benefit from the next generation. I'm going to be... I think you do. Okay. I think you do. Because for one thing, you may reincarnate. And for another thing... <laughs> okay. I hadn't expected I you to go that direction, Dan. All right. But I'll give you the argument. Uh, I know you're wondering about the uh, how to pay for it, right? Is that what it is? Well, I don't know what you're paying for uh, at this point. You're paying for people. Are you how, about- tell us what your solution is. Yeah. Okay, my solution is I have to present the fundamental fiscal uh, principle first, and that is this, that uh, you can use fiat money to produce wealth without inflation. And I'll give you an example. I'll give you two examples of that. Suppose the government, uh, suppose we find there is gold on government land by a uh, ground penetrating radar or something. All right. And they, they use uh, fiat money to pay for the mining. Well, the gold can provide more than enough backing for the fiat money. So this is a clear example. Another one is uh, that Hitler. Uh, and I hate to bring him up, and I don't think it was his idea, but he used fiat money to pay for the development of infrastructure of Germany before the war, and uh, as a result, Germany had a thriving economy. If you use the fiat money to bring in wealth, it it can uh, be done in a way that there is no infl- inflation. So what we would be doing is uh, by producing uh, by helping these people out more financially is raising um, more healthy children. This is an investment that I think would bring back wealth. I, I think money is more an accounting thing. It is the resources that is critical, not the money. So I like that you focus on the family, right? I think a lot of times we lose track of sort of human values. And I actually, Andrew Yang talks about this a lot. I mean, focusing on humanity first, right? Or the, uh, there's a big family values argument to be made, uh, the Republican right. Yeah. What are your kids? They're being put in public school. What about you taking care of the kids? Right. So in fact, some of the conversations we're having, I think are exactly backwards when we say women earn 70 cents on the dollar with the man. Okay. And so the conclusion is lean in, spend more time at work, and earn that dollar, right? But perhaps the conclusion should be the opposite, that the man should actually take a page from the woman and actually spend less time at work and more time raising his children. And he would be able to do that, right, if, if there was some sort of safety net. So I, I like, I think the American electorate really responds to, you know, people talking about their actual issues and problems. Now, you're talking about, if we spend the money correctly, like any investment, and we generate more value for everybody, like, you know, FDR makes the interstate highway system and that leads to, you don't have to go to Hitler. I mean, FDR built miles and miles of, uh, of roadways. Eisenhower got the credit for that. <laughs> either way. So either, <laughs> either way we've got, you know, and so, yeah, that leads to trucking and that leads to logistics and McDonald's, right? Well, Ray Kroc made McDonald's and like the malls that you use, like that leads to so much economic activity around that infrastructure. You could argue that infrastructure is a good investment, um, but the government is not only investing in infrastructure. Uh, and right. so we are not guaranteed that uh, the monies are going to be used uh, specifically for a good investment. Um, and one other thing is, 
and, and this is my personal uh, sort of uh, view, but again, this is uh, something to be concerned about is the, the amount of pollution and CO2 in the atmosphere and the overfishing and everything you can think of. The, it's all population-based. It's based how, exactly, the less population, the less garbage you have in the Pacific Ocean, the right, less we, everything. Dan, don't we want fewer people, not more of them? I mean, do we really want to fiscally incentivize? There's enough kids coming out of, as it is. Do we want to fiscally incentivize more? Right. No, we, you've got a point there. What we have to do is uh, control the rate of birth in such a way that we can live longer, be smarter, and uh, produce a, a better world. And uh, he brought up an important point uh, that I have forgotten. <laughs> I can't remember what You're it was. You're <laughs> Thanks. Go ahead. Dan, I've got another caller, and I'm yeah. going to thank you for this okay. call. Appreciate it. You call sure. back at any time. 855-450-3733. It's 855-450-FREE. Let's go to David calling in from New Mexico. David, you're on Free Talk Live. Yeah. I'm, I wanted to give you some facts in a more clear fashion on a judge that was stealing. Um, rather than give it in a narrative, give it in paired facts to, to demonstrate the lengths that this judge uh, Pamela Smith and her husband Randy Smith in truth or consequences aptly named town in New Mexico. Um, what this judge was a probate judge. She's, deal- she's dealing with dead people's money. And she had a fiduciary, by definition, and legally has a fiduciary responsibility to those people, if anybody knows what fiduciary means. Money. Uh, me, uh, she has to uh, act in the best interest of the, of the estate, not in her own best in- interest. And um, the, what the, upon the, this uh, elderly man's death, he was 82, and he died in the and she was called, uh, she held, first of all, she held a dual position. She was both the uh, probate judge that would be administering the case, and at the same time she was the deputy in the field for the OMI, the, the Office of the Medical Investigator. It sounds uh, like the executive is, might have uh, been colluding with the judiciary. Yeah, it was, uh, the, the OMI comes out of the University of New Mexico Medical Complex, and, and that's, a, that's an obvious uh, conflict of interest to hold both offices, uh, uh, you know, because you can eat more easily do the crimes that she did. Then the next thing that she did is um, uh, she appointed her husband to be an, an executor of sorts uh, in the case because she claimed she could not locate any next of kin. Mm. The judge uh, claims that the chief of police, in truth or consequences, had, uh, uh, when asked by her, had said that the guy had no relatives. However, the chief of police uh, in an interview with the Albuquerque Journal, said that the 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 old the guy that had died had had family in New York, and then the, the judge uh, Pamela Smith uh, stated uh, that she had inquired of the deceased pension plan. He was a mason, a, a bricklayer, blocklayer. Uh, had she had inquired of the pension plan um, of any errors, and the pension she claims the pension plan. Told her the judge that uh, that there were no living heirs. The only heir we've heard all this. Is there something new been... to it? I, I, I mean, I've, I've heard Pardon? all this part of this. I've heard all this part of the story. Is there something new to it? Well, uh, yeah. There's there's other there's more information that you didn't get. I'm uh, forgetting you're not Ian. If you were Ian, then I started in the middle of the story. Then you, uh, he would want me to go back <laughs> you, to the top. So I started the. So I started at the top, and I guess I didn't work the system well enough in, the, in my phone call. I'm forgetting who I'm dealing with tonight. So anyway, the um, yeah. Thank you for the call. Appreciate it. <laughs> so we didn't get any farther than we did last time. Thanks That's true. For the call. Yep. Thank you. Eight five five four five zero three seven eight eight fifty five four fifty free. 
Reason, Free Talk Live. You got fact. It's 855-453, as in freedom. If you are a liberty-minded individual and you've been looking to do business with uh, people who, other libertarians that have a business, go to liberty.menu. It's a tool for our community. At its core, it's a directory for events and businesses and digital content. Listings can be rated and reviewed, and there's a bit of a social network aspect to it where you can connect and share with others. The use of Liberty.menu is exclusively for individuals who reject the initiation of force and those who agree to abide by the ethics of the non-aggression principle. Put your voluntarist ideas into action at Liberty.menu. Use code FTL to get a special badge. It's Liberty.menu. Can I can I uh, piggyback onto that because you you brought up something that reminded me you were talking about uh, liberty minded individuals and uh, um, I'm I'm actually experiencing an issue again uh, with my own site with uh, a particular shirt I've uh, had a printer again that had printed a particular uh, product of mine has rejected it again uh, for uh, I guess not being unique enough of a parody so okay. um, I, I had a I had a shirt that. Um, is basically uh, mocks. It's for you know Linux users and software freedom users who you know go around uh, testing different distributions of Linux, um, and it it was called Fedora the Explorer. Okay, right, and so it, it contains uh, uh, you know a parody likeness uh, similar to Dora, Dora the, Explorer. the Explorer, right? But it says and, Fedora instead of Dora, yeah, right? And the character you know looks similar but is not identical, and so printers I've had troubles with printers saying, hey, this looks too similar you know you need to change it's like well at what point you know it's it's a parody right at what point is it no longer a parody because it's unrecognizable yeah you know like at what point are you you know like when is your legal team going to stop being so scared you know that uh you know it's going to make sense to print this product so that's an interesting thing right about permissionless right so they got like bitcoin and you don't have to ask people's permission to like buy this or that and so like we have desktop printers now and desktop printers allow you to print whatever you want. Right. right. Well, so to I a certain clearly. extent, they don't allow you to print T-shirts very well. <laughs> well, I mean, and then we're going to have like 3D printers of guns maybe. I don't know. Yeah. So like my point is technology allows people to do things that previously they needed like a print shop or right. a newspaper. Yeah. Like now you don't. You just send off an email. There are, you know, there are one-off printers that you can buy. I mean, it's just a 30000 to $40,000 investment to have anything that's, you know, going to spit something out of decent quality. So, you know... There is the the option that I could solve this myself. I just don't want to make that kind of investment at this time, you know. Um, so unfortunately, I'm at the mercy of these legal departments, you know, for uh, the liberty-minded products. Liberty-minded, you know, being the the, the Liberty T-shirt company that I do with Free Talk Live merch. Yeah, that exactly. That's like to me, that's the most exciting thing. Is like I believe the alternative to government is technology, right? So we yeah. have like the post office. Now we have email. Uh, we used to have like the printing press. Now we have desktop printing. So like I believe that y- if you want people to move from government services, you have to build alternatives that are good enough that people will choose them. And that is the only way that we will move people 
Otherwise, it's like talking to people to become vegans. It's like right, <laughs> nice, but uh, until yeah. until they make the steak that uh, bleeds beet juice, it's just uh, you just can't talk them into it. Let's yeah. go to the phones here. We got uh, the Christian Anarchist here on the Discord lines. Gene, you there? Hello. Yeah, guys, I wanted to talk about. Uh, you were talking about abortion earlier. Yes. And uh, I want to give you my take on abortion. Okay. And as a as one who believes that life begins at conception, and if you do a DNA test on any fetus, it's going to come up human. That's just, you can't deny the fact that that life is a human life. You can't deny that it's life because it's reproducing uh, cells. I mean, uh, cancer is life. So you can't say that this is not a life. And if you check the DNA, it's definitely human. So life begins at conception. I think you can make a pretty strong argument for that. I also believe that ending that life is murder. Now, as an anarchist, I don't believe that the government. So wait, should you just said that cancer is life. So is taking a, a tumor out of a body a murder as well? Well, I'm not murdering a human, am I? When I take the cancer out, uh, I mean, I, I, I suppose you could say I'm murdering cancer. Yes, and uh, I'm all I for that. I think that there are plenty of people that would argue that you're not mar- murdering a human if you take out a fetus either. They would argue that you're. Uh, they will argue that you're, that you're ending potential saying- human. Yes, and, and you'll get arguments on everything. I'm Let's assume the premise my... and let him go a little, little further. Sure. Yeah. I'm talking about my viewpoint on abortion Great. As, as a Christian anarchist. And obviously, if you, in my viewpoint, then and ending a terminating a fetus is murder. However, I don't believe in the government getting involved in anything, least of all abortion. So I don't believe that there should be restrictions on abortion. What I think is that if a woman terminates her pregnancy, she has committed murder. That doesn't mean that I'm going to punish her for it. I have no skin in the game. It has nothing to do with me if she terminates Right, so we live in a society that for a very long time, historically, has punished people um, whom, uh, you know, who murder, even if the society itself isn't uh, diminished in that murdering, right? Yes, but I don't believe in that. So okay. would you say so, the same if an uh, so adult was published, murdered? If what was murdered? Uh, if an adult thing. was murdered, if, would if, you have the same uh, attitude? Exactly the same. So if a, an adult is murdered again, it's not any of my business. and I have no skin in the game. However, if the adult who's murdered or the child or the fetus happens to be my relative or happens to be a good friend of mine, now I have skin in the game and I may do some kind of action against that. That's the way that I look at abortion abortion is murder but it's a murder that's in the family the mother murdered the child if she wants to do that it's her business i brought you into this world and i can take you out that that old threat (laughs) so but you know so right now murders happen every day there's murders happening in downtown memphis right now as we speak uh i have no skin in the game so i'm not going to go and do anything about those murders so without government it would be basically up to the family and the tribe to avenge a murder. Yeah, that's the way it's been. That's that's the way of nature. That's the way it's always been. I Sounds mean, like what about the Hatfields and McCoys like and devolving into some kind of ongoing feud that lasts yeah, for generations? The, the Hatfields and the Hatfields and McCoys eventually worked out a truce, didn't they? They got tired know. of killing each huh? other. Yeah, well, they yeah. did. That's certainly a government-less yeah, Hatfield- solution. That is uh, the Hatfield and the McCoys are no longer a thing. They are, they are actually neighbors. All right. So, so yes, those things will work out in the end, and you do it without Gunnermint Goon Squad violence against your neighbors because all of these other solutions require you to send the goons 
to take care of something that you think is morally correct. And what I'm, would you I'm say totally to those who uh, would would talk about the Leviathan, the war against of all versus all of Hobbes? Like, and they would say, oh, if you just have one um, with a monopoly on force, you don't have these endless vendettas back and forth like the Hatfields and the McCoys. You know, what would we you say? We have an endless them? vendetta right now by the goons. The Goonerment is also on an uh, endless vendetta mm-hmm. against people that want to smoke marijuana, for instance, who don't do anything to anybody. So you always have that issue, whether you have the power in the hands of the goons or the power in the hands of the people. Thanks for the call, Gene. Appreciate it. 855-450-3733. It's 855-450. Free is in Free Talk Live. Business owners, you want more customers? Accept cryptocurrencies. There's people all around you just waiting to spend money at your store. If only you would take it. I know, you've been waiting till someone else makes it easy. Well, good news. HelpMeTakeBitcoin.com adds Bitcoin to your point of sale, totally free. Use the same equipment you already have, now with Bitcoin. And unlike credit cards, there's no fees. Let the guys at HelpMeTakeBitcoin.com bring new customers to your store. HelpMeTakeBitcoin.com Call in, talk about whatever's on your mind. That's what we do here on Free Talk Live. It's Mark with you, Greg. And Johnson. Greg, you had some thoughts on uh, Gene, the Christian Anarchist's uh, uh, little diatribe there on uh, abortion. You know, it's interesting. People fear liberty, right? They fear people's ability to choose between A and B, because what if they make the wrong choice? Yeah. Well, you know. plenty of people do, right? Yeah. Now, I'm not talking about murder. I would make the right decision with my freedom, but it's what everyone else does. Yeah. Well, that's jo- the problem, I would right? give that's it to the- Johnson. That's I right. Guess. Johnson will always make the right decision. <laughs> um, but the thing is, like, I see this both on the left and on the right, and I think UBI is neither left nor right. Right? It's an entirely different dimension. Universal basic income? Universal basic income. It's the idea that people will get money um, who are citizens just because. Free and clear. Right. No qualifying for being poor, no qualifying for having a job, just completely this. So on the left, there's this sort of weird um, distrust of like consumer choice. Like if we give people vouchers, they're going to choose what school to go to. And then some schools could face private competition. Right. And these parents could choose wrong. They could choose wrong. And then the public school would be starved of like resources. Right. On the right, though, there's also this distrust of, like, if people have their free time, they might choose wrong. They might choose to, like, take care of their kids or parents, or they might not be productive in society the way that they might not have a job. Right. And, like, I think if we are really going to have a society of libertarian values and freedoms, we're going to have to just trust that, yes, some people may misuse their money and their time, right? But they, that's what liberty is all about. Yeah, I don't mind that as long as they have the consequences for so, misusing their, their money and their time. I feel like there's a lot of people, though, that make those choices like based on, you know, they want to control other people. So, for example, there are, you know, like, let's say, let's bring up, say, the issue of schools. If, you know, you have a voucher and you have choice, right? On the left, you might be afraid that, uh, you know, 
your child or that, that people might be sell, sending their kids to a school that isn't teaching, you know, you know, forcing all the kids to learn about social justice. And, you know, on the right, it might be the same thing where you're afraid that uh, people might be sending their, their kids to schools that uh, aren't, uh, you know, indoctrinating all the children with the ways of Jesus. So, you know, there's like there's different just groups that war over kind of control of of each other and the decisions that the people make and i don't know if it's necessarily just fear i think it's a combination of both it's stick and carrot it's it's wanting to control other people to a certain extent and being afraid exactly of them the not control. making the same decisions and by the way with jobs it's very much control i mean mm-hmm. i've heard so many libertarians say well who's gonna work if they have the money, right? It's sort of like can, we need people to to work. We need to control them enough so they're hungry enough. So someone's got to do the dirty jobs. Right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and, sure. The dirty jobs specifically, because there's some jobs that probably most people simply would not do. Um, and I, I guess that a UBI is saying that robots would take care of those dirty jobs. Yes I don't know. and no. Uh, under a UBI, it's likely that those jobs would be done like two hours a day by different rotating shifts. Like in Chernobyl, when they took away the, the radioactive materials, yep. there wasn't like people that took a million dollars and did that. Right. There was like people just did little shifts of it. And I think most people, if given the choice, would like to spend time with their family and do little shifts. And I think our society would lead to a more part-time job. Why 40 hours a week today? Like, maybe it should be 20 hours a week for most people in a few years, you know? Let's go to the phones here. We've got, oh, a friend of yours, Greg. We've got Libertarian hey. Banker. Hey. Hey, Greg. Libertarian Banker. Pleasure, pleasure to see you, man. Pleasure to speak with you again. Thanks for putting me on the show, Mark. Um, just wanted to uh, talk about the UBI. I mean, that's the usual topic I know Greg likes to bring up. But Universal basic income. Uh, exactly. So uh, Mark hit on this point earlier that, you know, there is only one way to fund a universal basic income, and that's through taxation. And whether Greg thinks he can find some voluntary way to do it, if you have universal basic income, that is a government program. And I think the biggest problem that I have with Greg and – well, not with Greg himself. I really like Greg. But with the idea of UBI is that kids today, they, they love this idea. This is an idea that's really gaining traction, and it's so dangerous because, um, you know, there are studies that show that it costs a country 20 to 30 percent of their GDP in order to administer a, a universal basic income program. And that's money that's lost. That's money that is, is taken from productive people and then given to somebody who doesn't work and doesn't produce. So all of these progressive socialist programs like, you know, uh, infrastructure, minimum wage, you know, schools, all these programs don't grow, don't get better because that income is wasted by people who are lazy. And that's the biggest problem is that this idea is, can catch on and is going to take over you know the brains of these young children and brainwash them into believing this stuff. So, Let me ask you a you question. Know. I've got a question here. So, um, the the so one of the things that's said in this, and it makes a certain amount of sense, is is if you give poor people a bunch of money, they'll they'll spend it anyway. So the it increases the velocity of money, as it's called in economics. Um, it increases the velocity, which is you know generally considered a good thing. It benefits everybody. Also, they they don't they, the thrift really isn't involved in many cases. Uh, the, the poor people aren't going to be saving their UBI. They're probably going to be spending it, even if they're spending it on things we don't want them to spend it on. They're going to spend it. 
you're, so you're asking you're asking yeah. me why you isn't know, that good you're asking me. Uh, uh, so so the velocity of money let's talk about what that is explain explain what that is i guess for, for everybody mark yeah sure so uh more or less it's just what i said is is that uh, sorry it's good when a dollar is spent you know 10 times in a month rather than spent being spent one time in a month 10 times okay. it's 10 it has why, 10 times the why is that? i guess the question is why is that a better thing is savings if savings and cap is that not the way to making capital investments you have to save money in order to produce something into the future well now you have the uh, the pivot point between keynesian and uh austrian economics is the you know the value of thrift versus the value of the velocity of money yeah. So, I, you know, maybe we can get into the minutiae <laughs> minutia there. I'm not sure exactly what the sort of the question is, but I, I think the, the main the main thing, Greg, and I brought this up to you before. Right. Is that uh, nobody can no one person can decide how this money is spread out. And, and just because and you said this earlier, I wrote it down. You said that we, if, if the money is spent correctly. That no, is, I, I think I argued against spend it. this money correctly. I'm saying the opposite. I'm saying that uh, people will choose how to spend that money and no one will uh, earmark it for a specific purpose. And if it's spent, uh, I was saying that people who distrust that system. Uh, I do distrust it. <laughs> right. But, but they would often make an argument that the money is being spent incorrectly in their view. But. From the person's point of view, that may be the very consumer choice that they make. But, but, but what you don't realize, Greg, is that opportunity cost of the man that had, you had to take that money from and what he could have spent it on and what he found valuable because you decided to take it and give it to somebody else. No, I think that's so very important that? uh, to keep in mind. But again, it goes both ways. So that money that the, the man uh, who, let's say, makes – uh, let's say it was Amazon that made a lot of money and didn't pay anything into the society. It was a corporation, right? It wasn't the man. That Wait, well, well, pay, pay, they don't they provide a service that people pay for? Is that not providing? Oh, every business does that. Every business does that. Okay, but we're talking then, about federal taxes. False statement. Right. No, what I'm saying is they, they didn't pay. They paid zero in federal taxes. And what I'm saying is instead of Amazon deciding that they want to invest in uh, another center or another Kiva robot, that money would be. Uh, the, diverted to people who then it doesn't go down a black well, hole. No, the they will decide what to spend about, it on. Yeah, fifty percent off the top. You know, well, for hold on, libertarian banker. Let me just answer your question. The person deciding who how to spend that money is not one person. Every person decides how to spend that money in their interest. And studies show that uh, people uh, who are middle income and below. Uh, have a higher margin uh, propensity to spend on necessities like food. So would you want to have food or would you want to have more cheaper robots? So this is a subsidy for the food companies. It's a subsidy for humanity. Love it. Thanks for the call. Keep me on there, Mark. I'll definitely stay on it, all right? I appreciate it. Have a great night. Thanks for the call. (laughs) 855-450-3733. Free Talk Live. Talk Live, final segment. Might be able to squeeze you in. I'll give you the number. 855-450-3733. 855-450-FREE is in freedom. 
And please support Free Talk Live's Amplifier program. Go to amp.freetalklive.com to find more. Uh, Basically, you allow us to reach more people with the ideas of liberty and freedom of speech. It's amp.freetalklive.com. Greg, you you just you, you said you felt like you owed a uh, libertarian banker just a little more of an explanation. Yeah, I, I just wanted to spend just quickly uh, address. Look, libertarian banker, uh, I come on the show as, as a co-host to represent liberty, right? But I don't have to necessarily be fully anarcho-capitalist. I'm also uh, I'm a left libertarian. I, I think that I distrust uh, concentrations of money and power, not just in the hands of government but in the hands of any one individual or any corporation. If they amass too much, they make the choices for everybody. So to answer your point, I think you're making two arguments here and you're conflating them. One is, of course, the guy earned the dollar. Okay, I'm not going to argue Which about... Which are we talking about? Um, let's say Jeff Bezos. Okay, when he, somebody earns a dollar, they earn it. They earned it's it. Theirs, they right? earned it. They, they, yes. So that is an argument, and I can understand your argument. They earned it. It's fully theirs. They did all the work, right? Except... We live in the 21st century, right? And uh, we didn't earn most of the technological progress and science. Those people are dead. Ah, Barack Obama's, you didn't earn, you <laughs> didn't build that. Yeah, so like we didn't build Galileo's like discoveries or Newton's or anything. Right. We are, but neither did the poor guy down the street or the, or no the government. No one did. Yeah. We, we don't deserve those any more than, you know, people in the 13th century deserved their things. It's just a pure accident of, of fate that we are born now. Okay. So we all have free gifts anyway. So that's deserving is an interesting argument, but at least I. But let's not conflate that argument with who is better suited for society to spend that dollar. Okay. Jeff Bezos may spend that dollar on decorations for his next headquarters, and maybe a thousand poor people would spend that dollar on food. Okay, so who is to say who is a better spender? We need to know what metric we're talking about, and my metric is the well-being of society, right, of people. So that is why I come down on the side of I don't care, Jeff Bezos. Um, makes the argument, he doesn't, by the way, that he deserves the full dollar, okay? Uh, we all don't deserve to be born in the 21st century, 20th century. We got that for free. And but so most yeah. poor people aren't, I mean, like the. it seems unlikely that if you hand out a bunch of money um, to poor people right now in America that they'll spend that dollar on uh, food because they, I mean, nobody's starving in America. I mean, the numbers of people that are starving... There might be some kid that's locked under the stairs someplace, like Harry Potter. 18% faces food insecurity well, somehow. They, they use this terminology, food insecurity, and what they mean is is that, I'm a liberal white woman, and I don't think they're eating enough vegetables. You know, I mean, I, they're... they're you know, people who are food insecure, oftentimes you line them up here, they're going to be fat, half of them. Yeah, maybe. I mean, if it's not food, it's something else, but I trust many people with the money than one guy, and I think that's libertarian. If I you're want saying, many people making choices, not one. Just like the government is one bureaucrat making choices, I don't want that either. If we're saying uh, that a universal basic income would substitute for all the, you know, bloated bureaucratic, uh, you know, welfare and, and frankly fraudulent welfare programs that currently exist, eh, you got me kind of paying attention now. But if we're talking about adding it on top of this, then. You know, I, I'm I'm with Libertarian Banker at that point. Let's go to the phone. So we got Lib- Bad Slave calling in on uh, on the Discord lines here. Bad Slave, you're on Free Talk Live. Yeah, I I, I missed the earlier part of the show, so I, you know, Greg, I I, I all we I, ask for is three hours a day. 
Right. Well, exactly. Or you don't but, get your um, UBI. <laughs> yeah. That's right. So, uh, you know, the Yang has got more than this UBI thing going on, right? Yeah, he's uh, running on the Democratic ticket, and many yeah. of his policies are like body cameras for cops, which, you know, right. data supported, well, I guess. I, I actually um, uh, have an argument against body cameras for cops. I, I, I say less laws less cops and and less enforcement and and we'll all be better off and then look at maybe we'll add cameras in maybe but, one day uh, maybe one day when we uh, decentralize know, government with technology that, that there are so many things and 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 one of the things that i'm pretty certain no democrat is in the uh running for is smaller central government. Well, I mean, Democrats want to cut the army uh, overseas, you know. No, 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 no. I want a, an overall, you know, not a, not a, you know, slimming down but of overall, 10 right. 20%. <laughs> I but want a freaking yeah. two or three orders of magnitude shrinking of the central government this is absolutely and, something that um almost a conversation you just simply can't have with somebody who's on sort of the left side especially like moderate left not somebody who's well, hold on I'm, hold on, hold on. Let, me, let me finish talking um the the you know the the fringe left uh, out there might be able to have this conversation but you know the united states is a federation it's not a state it's a federation of states. The EU right. is a federation. It's not a state. That's right. And states have the monopoly, as Barack Obama said, the monopoly that distinguishes his own nation state is a monopoly privilege on the use of violence. Right. And, um, you know, that's what it is. So the federal government should just be states yicky yacky about what it is that they they have problems with but in between each other d democrats exactly. today are not talking about this as even a possibility they're like well, well we live I, in the 21st you know, century and the government's the way it is now i've got to deal with the way it is now and i want it bigger to do the things that i want it to do greg yeah i mean that's the articles of confederation i think we had so many debates with the federalists and the confederation ultimately the federalists created the u.s federal government and gave it a lot more powers. Um, that's an open question. Uh, you know, I think uh, the United States is one of the freest countries when it comes to freedom of speech, and this show definitely uh, is part of that. And I, I love that. Well, I love the freedom of speech in the United States. Here's what's going on, though: we're the, that that big central government is nothing but mostly destructive. Yeah, I agree. And uh, other governments uh, okay, are also. And, and, and I mean. I, you know, people that I know that are that are smart, that are that are aware, enlightened, you know, they all agree with this. And and so so where's the problem? No, why I think you'll find we, many people we, agree so with why that. Why can't we shave down that government to, to that uh, couple of orders of magnitude and and then let the states start to work on their government? Well, you know what a UBI would shave down? All those bureaucracies and all those people in those buildings oh, trying to figure out who bull. should get welfare. Well, no no bureaucracy ever disappears. It always grows. It's it's a virus. It, that, that's you like, know, it needs to end in some, you know, probably, revolution. unfortunately, slave, I'm going to grill Greg for the last couple of minutes. Thanks for the call. 855, <laughs> I'm giving the, the number. Greg, so you're saying the bureaucracy would go away. How would you, UBI possibly do away with, uh, with bureaucracy? Well, I mean, Nixon, uh, 
Andrew Yang and others, you know, they they envisioned a, a world where you just give people money, yeah, and you don't even have to have them file a tax return. You don't need to show that they're poor. You don't need to follow them around and see if they're dating someone who's richer and now they don't need it anymore. You don't need to see if they're really disabled. And honestly, it's a society where people are more honest and they don't commit but, the fraud. I mean, is uh, government to really going to do that? This is the organization that wants us, you know, that, that, that does a census every 10 years. They're going to want to know. I would think that the minimum possible thing that you could do is to file a tax return and they demand that at the very least. Well, I always say, you're right. I agree with you. I always say that if you want alternatives to government, build them. Build the technology. So I'm building it. Intercoin.org, for example, is a voluntarist way to do UBI. But I'm not saying Andrew Yang is doing it. I am very interested in Intercoin, yes. How is it voluntarious, though? It's voluntarious the same way that Visa is voluntarist. People don't have to accept Visa credit cards. They do because it's convenient and because you have that money. And they expect the bank to pay out, your merchant bank to pay out. Got it. So the same way, if people have trust in a currency like Harvard Bucks or whatever the local you know festival currency is, uh, you go to uh, let's say South by Southwest, and there's like a you know a currency. That currency is spent locally at local vendors, and not only does it help bring um, commerce to that area and track you know how people used it and and understand it locally, but also um, people might actually lose some money we see this with uh, with uh, currencies locally today in cities like um, Ithaca New York or Toronto bucks and uh, Bristol pounds there's things where they know that they're going to lose three percent on the visa transaction but they still use it they still use it so that three yep. percent could be used for something other than lining the pockets of visa uh, and the merchant banks yeah I think people use uh, you know a credit card even though they're going to pay uh, they, know, they know that they're you know they're going to lose a little bit merchants use credit cards because it's a convenience thing they, they know that people want to every transaction 3% that could pay for a lot yeah Greg thanks for being on the show here Johnson same to you even thank though you. I expect to see you again next week <laughs> well I won't see you no next not week. actually you'll be on the show thank you guys so much for inviting me it's a blast free talk live Are you concerned that liberty, free market economics, and the values that made America great are no longer taught in schools? Well, so am I. So I got my son the Tuttle Twins children's book series. My name is Jack, and I'm 11 years old, and I just started the Tuttle Twins. So far, I have learned that some people can use the government to ruin the economy and destroy people's businesses. Give all the young people in your life a chance at reason and clear thought, because they're not going to get it at school. There are nine books in the series, and each one teaches a set of ideas that children aren't getting elsewhere. Go to TuttleTwins.com and use coupon code FTL to get 40% off. Again, that's TuttleTwins.com.